podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This is Press Conference Extra. I am Andy Heaton. I am joined for the latest edition of the show to reflect on Jürgen Klopp's pre-Palace press conference. I didn't know it was going to arrive by Adam Melia and Neil Atkinson. Or <laughs> over what the manager's been saying or not saying in this instance. Um, they opened the press conference. We'll go in the order. The questions are asked roughly. It's just easier for me. Um... He was asked about the significance of a Liverpool win putting them top with it being the early kickoff for the weekend. Um, Jürgen goes on, he mentions the half 12 and goes, I don't, I'm not going to talk about that, you all know what I think. Um, and then he, he goes, the focus has got to be on the game, just the normal manager guff we'd expect from him. Um, and then he says, yeah, he's got a clue with playing on Sunday, but he's going to sit on the couch and watch. Now, it's a bit of a weird one for me, Neil, just because we are... Um, Palace played midweek as well, and we played midweek. And then, the, so the gap for both teams is the same, but we're, I'm of the man that we're kind of used to it now. Yeah. Or better prepared, or better prepared. Palace normally have like a week to prepare for this. They haven't. And also, if we go there and get a win, you know, I just want to see us top of the league, even if it's just for a few hours. Yep, I want to. Uh, I really want the away end uh, to have the opportunity to sing Liverpool top of the league, Liverpool, Liverpool top of the league. Um, I think it's one of my desert island discs. Uh, and I'll be sort of proceeding on that basis and the opportunity will be there. I think it's, you know, I think that's what you've got to look at. And I think also what matters to the manager and what matters to the players sometimes, I think the two different things. I think we think that they're all homogenous and they're all in this 100%, whereas the way the manager's spoken recently versus the way in which, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Virgil van Dijk and even Dominic Sabozlai before the season started have spoken recently as being quite different. Um, and I think that that's an important sort of differentiation. So those footballers, even if it's only... For four or five hours and I don't think it necessarily will be a hasten to add but even if it's only for four or five hours getting to bask in the glow of the idea that 16 games in they are top of the pops would be I think something just a little bit special uh, given the fact that they were but a bit they, we, we felt at the start of the season or some people did they were a bit more ragtag than it's 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 turned into being you know I think it's significant if you're able to go when a halfway but we're a bit more over a third of the way in and look at us uh look at us all the way up there so I think it's a really good opportunity. And on the, the, the sort of the, the fitness slash preparation aspect, there's a couple of things. I think I would say that there's probably not a lot of too much difference in part of the gripe, I think, that Crystal Palace supporters have got at the minute. I think that the way Hodgson plays is pretty much the way Hodgson plays. I don't think there's a lot of sophistication uh, game to game. I think there's undoubtedly there will be sophistication in the lineup, however many jokes you want to do. You know, there will be the idea that there's certain things tactically that Crystal Palace do that other teams don't, certain things that Hodgson teams do that other teams don't. But I don't think that necessarily will have a Liverpool plan that's markedly, and part of the gripe that I think Palace supporters are suddenly having, is that the Liverpool plan might not be that different from the Bournemouth plan, or the Bournemouth plan might not be that different from the Liverpool plan, and that's not a battle of laughs. But I think it's worth saying, though, those players themselves, the recovery periods that are involved, that's what they're not used to the mental load and weight of it, that's what they're not used to. The idea of bouncing back in two or three days off the back of a bad result, we can all say it's good to get it out of your system, but they're not used to that either. Do they, you know, when they're warming up, are they thinking, God, we were rubbish here on Wednesday? You know, they haven't got that sort of experience that, that Liverpool do get to have, and I think that's where it can tell. I don't think it'll necessarily tell in terms of Hodgson hasn't had time to, to absolutely sort of line his setup for Liverpool. I think that he probably plays the setup that he plays for Liverpool too often. I think it's more the idea that these players themselves haven't got haven't got the chance to rest and recuperate the way they normally do. And the fact that there's a bit of a general sort of downturn around the club. You know, time is a healer in these matters. 
but there hasn't been time. So Liverpool have got to prey on the fact that there hasn't been healing. I mean, we all know the Palace have been spoiled of late. Um, <laughs> but we'll get into it. But just on the also, just look at half twelve, Adam. Uh, I, I was just thinking the other day, and I'm, I'm probably I'm totally wrong, but I'd much rather play Palace at half twelve on a Saturday than maybe an evening kickoff because I've been to Pal- I've been to Celeste, and it can get leery, it can get loud, and I just think, and we've experienced it at Anfield, haven't we? Where the half twelve, it's it's not as easy to to get to get it up, so to speak. Definitely, um, I, I thought the same about City. Actually, that that um, it's not so much the twelve thirty; it's the uh, it's the recovery time that I think Klopp's got an issue with. Because actually, as you say, these twelve thirty kickoffs suit the away team. Um, you know, I, if if you if you were if it was the other way round and it was a team coming to Anfield, would I want to play them at half five or half twelve? It'd be you know it'd be half five. So it's it's the thing that the that the home fans don't want. They they're not going to be as up for it. Um, I mean, it sounds as though they're not particularly up for it anyway. But so, so I, I mean, I think I think you've sort of got to draw a line. And I think maybe this is what Klopp's recent spikiness is about: is that he's prepared to he's prepared to have a smile about the idea of a twelve thirty kickoff, but he's not prepared to smile about the, the lack of recovery time from players coming back from South America, blah blah blah, for a big away game or just you know the, a, a, a night a night game away in, in, in one side of the country. Back home for what feels like half an hour, and then an, an, and then an early kickoff on 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 the Saturday. It, I, I mean, he sort of he, he he makes a thing about. I'm I'm talking about the other night rather than the press conference now. But his part of his anger is about the entertainment product side of things, and I, it just occurs to me that it's poor entertainment. You know, it's going to be last get the, the game against Sheffield wasn't particularly good, and the game against Palace potentially isn't going to be a classic either because these teams haven't had enough time to recover and that's before you even get into the thing that I think is also going to be in the back of his mind which is injuries you know the the Matip thing is obviously Ray, um, playing playing on his mind it's, it's, it's at the forefront of his mind um, because you know and, and we'll, we'll, we'll come on to talk about, about Joel uh, in, in a bit I suspect but it, it's it's those things I think that you've got to draw, draw a line between um you know, in terms of the, the 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 first thing you said, Andy, just to go back to that, you know, the 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 top of the league thing. Sometimes Klopp is sending a message to the fans. Sometimes he's sending a message to the players or the opposition, or trying to play a bit of mind games. Sometimes I think he's just trying to avoid a headline, and I think he doesn't want the headline of Klopp roars cop to top kind of thing. You know, that in tomorrow's papers, I think he was he's going out of his way to avoid avoid that by saying that I think they'll be absolutely loving the extra impetus of going top at two o'clock on it after two on Saturday. I uh, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's a really insightful, insightful comment. Actually, I, th- I think on the I think the the grumpiness on Wednesday night is because the, the, the you, to your entertainment value point, you see, you know, that they see it as an entertainment thing, and even in that moment, they're trying to sort of make light of it with him. And and expect him to play a certain role. I think he sees it as these lads are going to get hurt. Yeah, and I I love these lads. I'm not just all lads, they're lads as well. Because I love the footballers. These lads are going to get hurt, and I think that is is overarching sort of point slash question here. You know, is is you're acting like yeah, Jurgen's going to be a bit of fun on the half twelve thing, and you know what? What's he what's he like? And recently, when it's been coming up on in inverted commas home press conferences. Um, there's been an element of that as well, where I think he's been a bit like, you know, well, don't you, here you are, you're trying to line me up to do all of this, and you think it's a laugh. Um, I think he his, his attitude is, this is where footballers get hurt, and you know, you're asking us to do all of this, you're asking us to play the games, you're asking us to do it, and we're doing it, and we're all turning up. Don't fucking take the piss, mate. 
<laughs> told you know you know we're doing it. Don't take the piss out of me because I'm the one who keeps saying that the footballers are going to get hurt, and then you get to see, you know, at the minute it isn't just us. You know, I'm watching, I'm watching other sides play and thinking someone's going to get someone's coming out of this game with an injury. You know, Newcastle at the minute, I watch them against Everton. They are on their last legs. They are on their last legs. Trippier makes the mistakes, you know, in part because he's ever so slightly overrated as a footballer, but. The source of he's absolutely knackered. He's got to play every game. Every game at the minute. The full 90 of every game. There's no moves. There's no alternatives. He's playing. That's it. That's the way it goes. And it's been that case for Tottenham for a few weeks as well. Yeah. And there's the, the sides up and down the division. And I think when he goes on the press conference to say most teams are only two injuries away from having a bit of a crisis. I think he's I think he's not wrong. Um, you know, and I think at times we miss that. City the other night, they missed Rodri through suspension, but they've been missing a couple recently. And also, I think they're playing lads back when they're not fully fit. They're rushing them back a little bit, City. I think that's adding to the the wider sort of issues that they've got in there at the minute, some of which are tactical, but I think also they're rushing them back. United have gone through an injury crisis this campaign and are arguably still in the teeth of one. Uh, that's ongoing. It's interesting, United and City both made the FA Cup final last year. United go to the last eight in Europe, has to play the tricky fixture, uh, if I remember rightly as well, where they get Barcelona home and away. Uh, also win the League Cup, United, and then have 38 league games. And guess what? The players are knackered and they're struggling this season for injuries. I think the manager just feels a bit like you all want to have your little bit on this, but ultimately my position is footballers are going to get injured. The football is going to be less good. We've got to take all this into account, and I'm just trying to get through this period with everyone on skates. And here's a jolly lad on Amazon. Neil, there was something you said um, near the top of the show about, and I agree with all that. By the way, I think I'm absolutely spot on about um, comments from not just the, the, the difference in comments between the player and the manager. You know, not all being on the same hymn sheet necessarily with 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 the quotes, and it never really occurred to me. But did, I've I've never known a situation to be like this. Normally, you just get the scripted answers. They all stick to you know they all they all stick to the line, Adam. And does it not? I mean, that, that can be read two ways. But to me, that speaks of the power of personality within that dressing room. Now, you know, you've got Sabozla as a captain of his country, Trent's experience now, Virgil's there. The fact that they feel free enough to actually speak their mind, or more honestly, than what they normally would, and you know, for a squad that that can't be a bad thing. I think that uh, that has been a notable shift. Um, I mean, I, it, we, we don't know. It just it feels from the mood music that that there's been a a, um, a a change. Maybe it's just a change in the personnel of that sort of um, leadership team within within the, the the dressing room. There was a good article, wasn't there, on the on the Athletic? James Pearce did around there. A few things that they'd they'd done. They had a, a a night a night away after the Tottenham game in London, um, and and it and it feels as though I think, I mean we we do, we don't know whether whether this has been a change for Klopp, but I think he has been happy to happy to let that happen and 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 for and 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 that he sees that that is a that is a healthy thing, um, for 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 the players to 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 be because it leads to to a culture of them fixing the problems on the pitch which is you know it's it, it's a, a huge strength of ours when compared to some of our main rivals i think um and and you know that that all all comes from this so yeah i mean the um you know the, the i've always enjoyed having having lots of uh, international captains or people who've been captains at the, the clubs that they've come from so um you know it's 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 something which you you shouldn't you shouldn't kind of 
tamp down. You should you should try and uh, try and encourage it, it, it dis- despite the fact that it means a little bit less control. You know, everybody likes a bit of a yeah. con- con- control. I think Klopp, Klopp would describe himself as a control freak. I think all football managers are, but um, there's you know there's 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 such there's such a benefit in in being able to. Uh, delegate some of that some of that stuff out because you're not there on the pitch at the end of the day. I think there's, I, I think there's, oh, and I think that's I think that's wider across the game these days. Anyway, I think footballers are now better. Um, if I say better, not necessarily better, but more prepared to communicate quite openly around games, between games than they they, they have been in the past, and also to make a different noise. And I think that a little bit that's important from from US sports and maybe especially basketball where players give quite different answers to, to coaches post-match from the clips that I see that Josh Sexton shows me. Uh, you know, and players speak quite openly about their own performance and their own sense of where the team is. And then the manager might say, well, I actually thought we played quite well. He didn't think we played. Like, for instance, I suspect Klopp talked differently post-Man Man City than, than Trent a little bit in terms of degree. And I think this idea of everyone's just got to all fall in with the manager, I think it's part of why, you know, coaching changes and the way in which you manage people changes and cultures change. And you've got to be able to either change with them or maybe even welcome that. And I think with Klopp, I suspect he welcomes that. Well, there was a, there was a reason why I asked that question. And he'll stick with you on this because he was asked in the press conference about, you know, the progress of this side and whether they were ahead of schedule. And I'm not going to give the full answer, but part of his answer was, and quote, we had to replace a few of the strongest characters in world football, uh, in world football and we did that with a few of the strongest characters in world football. Our new leadership group are all experienced, world-class footballers, so that's helpful with a real understanding of the team dynamic. Yeah, so that, you know, as part of that, I think it's, one of the things I think you've been able to see that's come across in the way in which they've spoken and that you've, as Adam says before, about some on-pitch stuff, which, by the way, was was also always present uh, during the, the, the sort of the peak years from 17 through to, through to um, arguably Goodison uh, in, in the COVID season. Uh, but you also sort of back a little bit in twenty one, twenty two. I think one of the things that you've always sort of been able to see is is that idea that they can problem solve a little bit in there. And I think that what you're seeing is that the the shift in personnel is if you want to have that argument around the leadership group and you almost want to go and it's new, it's almost like new signings and none of them are new signings. The point is more the people who have stepped into that group who've got exactly the experience you want people in that group to have. I.e., they won every meaningful trophy in, in club football. That's what those people are. In English club football, they've won every meaningful trophy. Uh, and they're the people who are now leading the charge. You know, Robertson is sadly, unfortunately, currently injured. But Alison Becker, Virgil van Dijk, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Mo Salah, these are people who've done it all and they know how it all works uh, in a way that I think, you know, you cannot say that no matter how highly at the minute you would praise Declan Rice and I will praise into the absolute skies. He doesn't know what it is to break 90 points and win a Champions League or get to a Champions League final. Uh, he's he's got an unbelievable level of quality and qualities, uh, I think, away from it, but he doesn't actually have that muscle memory. And as I say, I'm, I'm happy to praise him as a player and praise him as a person. And he has won a European trophy with West Ham, and it's worth pointing that out, uh, which means he's won markedly more European trophies than anyone else in the Arsenal dressing room. But within that, it's, it's still not quite the same. So from the manager's point of view, there's new people in the squad, there's new characters around the squad, there's new characters in his leadership group, but they're almost the characters that, you know, you'd, you, if you could pick them out of a lineup, you would pick those ones and people step into the roles that they're given. And that's what I think you've been able to see over the course of the campaign. And it's one of the reasons why there's gen- general and genuine sort of feel good, I think, around it. And so I think there's part of all of that. I think it's, yeah, it's all good. And I think he'll be 
he'll be really, really pleased with the way in which all of that's gone. It helps when you play well. It always does. Playing well and winning uh, are, the, are the two keys for everyone in football. When that's happening, everything does feel better. It might be that there's a point to be made as to what will it look like when there's genuine adversity. The thing that the manager would say is, well, there has been genuine adversity on the pitch. And the reason why there hasn't been genuine adversity on the scoreboard is because the lads have made it happen and full credit to them for that. And he'd be right to say that. We well, talk about unbelievable unbelievable ability and you mentioned the scoreboard there um, Adam he was uh, asked about Virgil van Dijk in the press conference and um, I to say he was, he was effusive would be to put it mildly he basically he turned around and went dead easy it always was and always will be Virgil's the best defender in the world then goes on to talk about you know as he had lesser spells and he goes yeah well show me a player who hasn't and then he name checks Rio Ferdinand Yap Stam Sammy Hip, even Sammy Hip yeah uh, and then he ends up by saying, "Yes, Verge is in that is in great shape now, and he's super, super, super important." Yeah, I can't argue. I mean, <laughs> um, he, he he is he is the best one, um, and um, I think we probably uh, didn't maybe give him enough enough time to to come back mentally and physically. Um, you know, as a, as a fan base, we're a bit impatient at times, um, at, even even with even with somebody as as, as good as Virgil. So. Um, I think it's uh, it's 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 timely. It's maybe it's always timely. I always think it's timely. Basically, Andy, I always think Virgil's man of the match. This is my thing. So, so I, I struggle sometimes with who's been man of the match when Neil asked me on a post-match pint or whatever because I, I just always think it's Virgil. Um, I th- I, I, and I thought he was man of the match. Any match if there's any matches going, he will be. <laughs> yeah, that's my feeling. So, so I thought he was man of the match against Sheffield United. Funnily enough, um, I, I, um, because it, you know he. You can you can sort of see he's starting to there's a few things that that he that he does where he's 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 in the defenders' heads. Um, you can st- you can see him doing some actual defending, which I always really enjoy. Um, you know, there's there's the, the one of one of the signs for me is sometimes the ball if 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 the other team kicks the ball really high in the air and he's going to head it before he heads it, he, he tells people what to do before. He, like I've noticed. <laughs> I've never seen anybody do that. He gives instructions just before he heads the ball. So I've, uh, that's one of the things that I've noticed is back this season. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, I think I think I think Klopp's right, and I think there there is part of it. I, th- I really do think the massive injuries in Klopp's head a little bit here. Uh, there's a, there was a few answers today where I think the, the the subtext, the kind of negative subtext, is that he knows there's the the that we are sort of you, you know we're we're maybe one injury away and. One of those players is, is is at least is 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 fairly injury prone from from being, well, you know, I'd say we're probably two injuries away from a crisis. To be to be fair, so 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 I I think we're I think we're probably <laughs> my pessimistic side says we'll probably see Gerald Quanza starting a Premier League game fairly soon, um, and I don't think that's madly pessimistic. I, I just think that that is probably the case, and I think and I, and I think he'll be fine. Um, but I, I, I suspect that the, the reason that Klopp has gone so big on, on on Virgil, I think part of it will be the fact that he knows there is a bit of noise around. The numbers are not looking looking sort of meaty around around how many players we've got. He gives his. Uh, I don't know whether you're going to come on and ask me about this in a second, Andy. But he gives his kind of stock summer spiky answer about transfers. You know, it's the name me the player you know name one name one player that that, that can come in and and, and well he, he doesn't quite do that he says name name a, a top class central defender that that a team is happy to lose in january you know um so so it's it, it's it's um it's it's 
one of the it's one of the classic club press conference answers that does my head in a bit. But yeah, so I think I, th- I do think that the, the the massive things in his head a bit in 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 terms of a negative around the uh, the, the the really really positive Virgil comments. I sort of think that there's a, that that's the wider context that he's um, that he's thinking about for me. Lastly, on Virgil, then, and we'll we'll get into matter in a minute because we, we we can't not. Um, what's been interesting for me, Neil, with Virgil is is his leadership style as opposed to Henderson, just leadership style, different leadership styles in general, which are, are, are effective. You know, what either it does only work one certain way. Where I found it interesting, a little change. So, for instance, with with, with Henderson, you kind of say he'd, he'd lead by example, and he had to show that he was giving everything all the time. Whereas for me, Virgil, he's he's relished it. I, th- I don't know whether. It's just coincidence because it's in good form, or whether the armbanders made him feel more responsible. But he never looks like he's so cool. If you know what I mean, he's just kind of like there's none of that hustle and bustle. He just gets on with it. But at the same time, he's not shy and balling someone else either. No, and he never has been. I mean, I used to think it was a nightmare to play right back for Liverpool because you'd had Henderson going at you, and then Van Dijk going at you because he wanted to switch it. And if you didn't, if you didn't like where you were stood, he told you. They used to play right. Well, they, they still do. I mean, I'm not wrong moved. When they were, you know, there were some games where Joe Gomez was right back, and honestly, honestly, if I was Joe Gomez, I'd have been half tempted to say, you know what, you can leave this verge, just leave me alone, give me five minutes here. Absolutely, letting them know precisely where he wants them, and any any deviation from that, furious about it. So he's not shy about that. I think it's also worth talking about moments because when we sort of think about Henderson, the captain, we think of it skewed very much around the year of twenty nineteen. And I think it's worth thinking about Henderson's sort of style in that context because he had to win. Like, he has to win in that period. I remember sort of genuinely before the kickoff of the of the, the, the final in Madrid thinking, if we don't win today, there's a strong argument to sell Henderson. And not about his, like, because you're not far off the point of just wondering if he's just unlucky. And that, yeah. that's literally a thing, other that, you know, because, and that can sound mad and it can sound mad in hindsight, but genuinely... I think Henderson reached the point, and it's, I think it's still there even after Madrid. It's still there in the league the following season when they've got 97 points and not won the league and Liverpool haven't won a league for 30 years. They had, they had to win. We had to win. And I, I think that if you think about the way this team's gone about its business this season and the way which it's been thought of and maybe the way in which it's thought of itself, I think it's able to be just a little bit more relaxed in general. I think there's a bit of a, you know, and I think that you might see more of Virgil being prominent. You've certainly seen more in terms of on-the-pitch stuff of Trent being prominent last last few games I think he stepped up a level with that idea of the, the onus is on us now this is where some of the rest of us need to come to the party in a different way so I think that that's you know I think that's there in its presence um, whilst you know I'm sure I'm sure the standards of excellence are still being led by both example and by words every single day around the training camp as to what's expected uh, from, from, from Liverpool players I think the only other thing on Virgil is I don't think necessarily even the supporters were a bit too harsh on Virgil. I think Virgil was too demanding on himself, and so was the coaching staff. I think he's played too many games um, before uh, going into last season. Um, I think he played too many games in too close a space of time to his injury, and maybe just too many games full stop. And on Adam's Quonsa point, and on probably what the manager's thoughts and feelings are, you know, I think it's unlikely he rushes Virgil off on Saturday because the next game is Union, and also because I don't think we'll have the game state to be able to do it. But it wouldn't surprise me if, for instance, Virgil doesn't start the League Cup game against West Ham and if Virgil maybe doesn't start at Burnley on Boxing Day, that, you know, the manager's prepared to A, back once, but also B, reap the benefits of supporting Virgil 
um, and making sure that he's every single time he steps into the pitch, he's as close to tip top as is plausible and possible. And I think that's a major thing. It is a free week with the Anfield rap. Neil Atkinson here. You'll have been hearing these adverts as we've been going through the week across a number of different shows. Listen, we're doing this because we want you to sign up. I'm just going to be very, very obvious about that and straightforward. If you listen to what we do and you like what we do, it'd be fantastic if you could support us, especially as this season feels as though it's one that is going to come alive from a Liverpool perspective. Hopefully, uh, I'm saying that at the time of recording, you never know. That's always the Rick doing this job. But, you know, we'll take our chances. I'll back the boys. Hopefully you do too. And hopefully you're able to support us. If you go to the app, Patreon, on or theanfieldrap.com forward slash subscribe there's loads and loads of ways to do that thank you very much to, for listening anyway even if you don't listen to the free stuff it's so appreciated but all of this other work is there for you whenever you need it just on that Neil before I go to Adam he, he did make the point uh, Jürgen in the press conference of saying well if we sign another centre half what happens to our number five will he develop he was basically saying Kwanzaa yeah yeah but, and, and that's a valid point on uh, Matip Adam the Jürgen's comments around that he, he couldn't have been more firm in what he thinks should happen. Um, we, we had a show yesterday and we were kind of up in the air and we didn't know what was going to happen. And I only noticed mid-show that Virgil's actually older than Joel Matter. Now, <clears throat> that aside, for Jürgen to be that strong... Do you know who else is, you know who else is older than Joel Matter, Bandy? Me. Craig Hannon is older. No. No. Craig Hannon is older than Joel Matter, yeah. Think it and now, now I just now I just feel ancient. But no, he did, I mean, Jürgen Klopp said the shovel, the, the club will do the right thing. They'll show their class, and then he, he kind of let slip. And I don't know whether he meant to say he said, "I'm sure the, I think the club have already communicated to Joel." Yeah. And you know, so I don't know what to think now. And look, the, the injury's gotten uh, for many reasons. I mean, mainly because it's been the, the best form that he's been in for years. But to you know, to give the player that level of assurance, comfort. But I do wonder whether, and Neil, I know you th- you think I'm cynical, whether the reporters knew the answer to the question before it was asked, just yeah. by just by the way it was couched. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, 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 he just shut it right down, to be fair, to, to, to Klopp. And I, I, I asked it on a, I think I said it to John yesterday, I wondered whether, I wondered whether they would, um, Sort of back him with a with a contract while he's while he's uh, in in his rehab. Um, I can't remember who they did it with. I, I, I want to say Simicast or somebody. They, they've they've given somebody a new contract while they were injured recently. I can't remember who it was, but um, Klopp was was basically uh, you know unequivocal, wasn't he? he? Just sort of said, yeah. So as long as as long as he's injured, he's he's going to get support from us. Um, which is which is really which is really nice to see. Uh, the, the, my own, my only note of caution is is the kind of thing around uh, if it comes the summer and, and and we start saying oh it's fine we've got loads of centre backs we've got thingy we've got thingy we've got Joel I'm like yes yeah, so, you know is it, you, you can't you can't be included you can't you can't be included him in your in your kind of list of centre halves if he's going to be out for a year. Um, that's that's my me, me me only worry, but I think it's I think the club the club are doing the right thing. We just need to we need to still get a replacement, as I'm sure we were going to anyway. We kind of need to speed that up. Well, I don't I don't know I don't know about that, but I think just just on it, I think this is it's worth saying that they're being. Is that me writing Joel off too early? No, no, it's that I I feel you know the club's been there's a couple of things that we, there's some background we don't know, but one thing we do know is that since 2017 um, or even 2016, Joel's been in the trenches with them all. Yeah, and I think that. You know, and it, he appears to be very popular. Uh, not least with the manager, I would also point out the manager seems to absolutely love him. Uh, and I, as a person, as much as as a footballer, and I just sort of think with this stuff, this is one of those where it's a reminder that football is a workplace, 
And I yeah, don't I'd love, he's one of them where I'd lo- I'd love to work with Joel Matter. Yeah, and, and but exactly, and so I don't mean it in a cynical way. I mean it in a bit of a look like he is a loved member of the team. He has this problem. The workplace is supporting him. Yeah. They do the same for you. Remember that. I think is one of the codes here. But I'm sort of with Adam in that. You know, but what we don't know, for instance, is how long along the line were actual contract talks with Joel. If he gets a new deal now, was it that we were at the point of dotting I's and crossing T's on and getting a year extension anyway? At which point, it would be even more savage if the club then just took it off the table. If Joel's then able to, he's in the WhatsApp groups going, you won't believe what they've done to me here, lads. You know, I think that that's worth, it's worth remembering that bit as this. And also to do the bit at the start where we've talked about how the players and the manager are a little bit separate as well. You know, if, if it becomes, you won't believe what these bastards have done as a, you know, as a, as a possible move in there. So I think all of that, it's worth remembering. But I... In general, anyway, not least because Liverpool do have a problem selling players. Uh, I mean, yeah. we have a problem with it. And I think part of the reason why is everyone wants to go and work at Liverpool. Because everyone has a great time and the manager's great and the players are great. And you can achieve your ambitions here and so on and so forth. So part of what we've been able to do is move people on through through the end of the contract. That's part of why last summer feels like such a sea change. We now focus on the Henderson-Fabinho aspect of this. But they let four go final day on free transfers it's worth pointing that out and that's part of why it does feel so different it's because it was made to be different because these lads were coming out to the end of the deal so you know in, the, in, in neil's big book of things i wanted to happen with liverpool where i get to be as hard-faced as i want and i don't have to turn up and do the job no matter how well he's done this season i wouldn't have been desperate to see joel get a new deal i would possibly rather have seen a new player who's aged between 21 and 24 I still want to see a new if Joel does get a new deal, great, but I'd still want to see a new player between twenty one and twenty four. But between the idea of giving him an extension and the existence of Quanza, maybe that's just not going to happen. Um and, you know, that would be another one where the club, therefore, the people at the club, Jurgen himself, he's talking about it, he's talking it up. You know, those people are making those decisions, they're making them live and in real time. And if you don't like those decisions, I'd point out, you know, it's people at the club who are making them, if you see what I mean. It's not some sort of uh, ownership-based God face. It, it, you know, it feels very much as though the manager loves the number five centre-back. The manager loves the lad who's just on the ACL injury. The manager wants to see one develop and wants to see one protected. But the manager wants, and at times, I love the manager. I think he's the best possible Liverpool manager. I love him to pieces. But everyone's got positives and everyone's got what could be considered, and I'm not saying they even necessarily are in this instance, what could be considered weaknesses. The manager loves the number five centre-half and he loves the lad who's done his ACL. And that's going to filter into decisions that Liverpool make. And me and Adam are going to be pissed off about it. Yeah. Never go on. Sorry, Adam. I was going to say, I feel, I feel like we're in summer, uh, but I, but actually we're, we're, we're halfway through a good season. So I'm not, I kind of haven't got my summer fury hat on, but you were, you were, you were starting to stir my, uh, summer that's fury right. hair. Yeah. But, uh, it was just, just because it, you know, it's, it, we, 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 we the, the, the other one, you know, you've, you've mentioned the number two center half or number three center half and the number five center half the number the, the two or three the other the one is number two or three is really injury prone and so so i think that you know that, that that's that's one where i think that you're right i think klopp but uh, there is there is a a, a flaw and a strength in klopp's character about how much he loves his players which is readily backed up by fsg's um st- stingy you know slightly stingy uh, or very stingy attitude with the purse string. So I, I think- can't, I can't believe this has turned into a gutter. Sorry, sorry, I mean, honest to God, a gutter. It's just, it's, it's, it's just as it was. Well, it's good. To, it's one of the good reasons to do the show is you get to talk about what the manager tells you live. Yeah. I mean, when we do have to talk about this in June, you know, and I think that there is something in there between the sort of the symbiosis of those two states. The manager loves to develop young footballers, and the manager backs his players. That means there aren't often that many gaps. 
And, you know, within that, the manager also has found it, the, the club have found it difficult to sell certain players. And the manager isn't going to say to Shimikas, if he, if he's got a left-sided centre-half, he can do bits at left-back. The manager's not going to say to Shimikas, go and train on your own. If Shimikas turns up for him and training every week and it shows full commitment, he's not going to do that. And so we need to be we need to be conscious of that. And it's it this is actually a useful one to be conscious of this live. Like this is it. He's telling you in real time what the philosophy is, the way he approaches it. It's gonna annoy you in the summer. But he's told you in December. <laughs> I, I never I never got on to the I thought it was an excellent point you made about you know what messages does it send to the other players if maybe they were talking about a contract. I think, I think it's a great point. Um I probably tend to use it as a clip. Uh, talking about people who were definitely older than Craig Hannon. Uh, Klopp was very nice about Hodgson. Yeah, good. Toffee, do it. Don't don't give him anything to put on the dressing room wall. And also, he might genuinely mean it. Like, might like the person. Uh, I was thinking, like, Jürgen likes people. Uh, he's he's pro-human, Jürgen Klopp. Um, and, you know, Hodgson is human too. So, you know, I think that that's understandable. And I think he's... Again, not dissimilar to, to he's not going to do a detailed analysis of of Crystal Palace's strengths and weaknesses. I mean, he goes on later on to talk about the way the top of the table looks and refers to Man United in amongst the list. I'm sure part of that is because he knows we're playing Man United a week on Sunday and he's given nothing away. And then he mentions get, Arsenal a couple of times too, doesn't he? For no, uh, and so I think he, you know, I think he's given nothing away. Then on the horizon, he's given nothing away. No headlines, nothing cheap. We don't do that. Nothing's getting hung on the dressing room wall. He understands everyone's plight. He's been in the shoes of every manager. You know, you name it, Jürgen knows what it's like and and he's got full sympathy and everyone's just doing the best because everyone's sound because that's the way Jürgen Klopp looks at it. Yeah. So, go on, Adam. Uh, 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 he may also be aware of the Hodgson algorithm, which is which is looming large above us, like the sword of Damocles, <laughs> the huge sword of Damocles, which I'm sure is what Hodgson would describe it as. But yeah, you know, he, he's he's lost quite a few now, so there's 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 he's he's got to win on at some point to get that algorithm so, back. What you say? What you're saying is we shouldn't even just bother turning up. Just give them the <laughs> um, Staying on the game before we round up, um, there was a little bit of chat about McAllister and his readiness or lack of. And then the semi-surprise over the goalkeeper who's trained yesterday and today. Um, and listen, there's been loads of chat about Cueve uh, um, and his performances over the last week. As I said, I was made up with him the other day. Thought, yeah. And everything right. I thought that the early save done him the world of goods. But the reality is if Alisson is match ready, then he's got to come back in. I think so. I, I- I think I, I did see some chat around it seeming it, it I suppose it maybe is just how we feel because we don't know we, we, we don't know the severity of the injury. It just he said at the time it didn't seem that bad. But it, it kind of feels for some reason a little bit like they might be kind of rushing him back. But I think rushing back. I, I you know, I I think I think he's 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 weirdly slightly injury prone, isn't he, Allison? For a goalie, he picks up the odd the, the odd knock uh, and hasn't had one for a while. Um, and and I think I, I think it was almost it was a level above sort of a precautionary thing. He still played on, didn't he? After he got the injury at the time, so um, I, I I think I was <laughs> I, I was I was really concerned about Kelleher for these two for these two games, Sheffield United and Crystal Palace. Um, and I think he did absolutely fine against Sheffield United and proved me wrong. But I would still, all day, get the big daft Brazilian galoot back in, please, to save to save all of our lives. Um, I think I think it's one of them where if Allison is fit, uh, then I think he'll start. I think if he's not fit, he won't, and I don't think he'll do a chance. I think again, this is back to the idea of the manager and dressing room. So if Liverpool don't win the game, 
because and he hasn't picked Allison and the general sense of the dressing room is that Allison's fit. Then Virgil van Dijk will be knocking on the manager's door, going, "Can you pick, pick what, what? What the fuck? Can you pick the good one, please?" Uh, and no, 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 switch the good one, the, the the best one, the best one. Sorry, yeah, no, they're all, but you know what I mean. You'd be saying, "Can you pick yeah. the best, the best player?" Um, and he'd be sort of within his rights to do so. Uh, if he's not fit, um, and the general sense is that he's not quite fit enough, then he, then I don't think he will feature, and I don't think it'll be in any way, shape, or form the end of the world because then Kelleher does well against Sheffield United. I think that whilst there's a couple of good lads who can strike it from distance playing against um, playing against uh, playing for Crystal Palace playing against us on Saturday, you know I do feel as though current climate that might be their likeliest route to goal. That and obviously the idea of quick counters, but I thought we'd be shutting that down after the the, the, the 15th minute against Sheffield United. Uh, relatively well, so I'm, um, you know, um, we'll see. We'll have to. We, obviously, we will see. We'll see in the fullness of time. But I think, I think if Allison's fully fit, he will play. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's worth pointing out he doesn't need to even leave his bed uh, on Thursday, um, let alone go to Union. Uh, and there's a few others I think who fall into that category. There's a few people whose passport shouldn't be getting used. Uh, I would argue on Thursday. Uh, and then from there, you know, Liverpool can can reassess people like McAllister as well, and so on and so forth. And I don't think it's the worst thing in the world for McAllister to get a little bit of a, an enforced absence, as long as it's not a muscular injury. If it is just a cut, let the cut heal, take a little bit of time, and we'll see him against Manchester United. Yeah, if he picks a strong team against Union, I'm going to strangle Clough. <laughs> um, not really. Uh, I, I was. It just occurred to me then, uh, as you were talking, that actually he didn't need to say as much as he said about Allison. So I'd be surprised now if he doesn't start. Do you know what I mean? So he, he could have just. He, he could have just said his normal thing of "Will, will you know, touch and go." You know, just made a noise. He didn't have to say anything about Allison. The fact that he does, I think, it would be now surprising if it was if it was Keller. So just a bit of devil's avocado in this, and I'm 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 with Adam. Um, especially the detail that he trained fully yesterday. And Neil, you know, he doesn't put players into full, full team training unless they're there. But my my only my only worry with this is that if he does the diddle where he picks Callagher and then Allison's on the bench, I think that's like, if yeah. Allison's not starting, I wouldn't have him in the squad. I'd have him yeah. far away as he, as he possibly can be, even if he's just tempted because I, I just think that's, you yeah, you don't want the camera cutting. You don't want the nonsense of the camera cutting because it throws doubt in people's minds and all that sort of stuff. You don't want that. No, hundred percent. So uh, before we round up, then how do we see the game going, Adam? You uh, your confidence? Are we uh, top of the league Saturday afternoon? Uh, yeah, I've become I've I've become more confident as the uh, as the days have gone on. Um, I, uh, I I I think I think we actually well I decided we were going to win, and now I've decided we might play well as well. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So Neil, a Palace side that's lacking the core and Eze, who's been really impressive for me. Um, how would they? Can you see a road home for them at all? Yeah, I can. I mean, you know, listen, Elise is terrific. I uh, was a nightmare to play against. Edward is the sort of player who gets a break against Liverpool. Let's be crystal clear. The two centre halves are both fully fit. Anderson and Gaethje, they're they're an excellent partnership. The the one of the best partnerships outside the source of the. the the top seven and they're probably the best partnership um with the with the, with the possible exception actually of our uh our, our blue brethren um they're probably the best partnership uh outside the outside the top 10 um you know i'd be i'd be pretty pretty determined on that and i think if they were, if both were to be for sale on the open market of the two we would actually uh sort of get the most money so it's worth it's worth being aware of that and, and, and praising that if mitchell's not fit it means that both full backs i think could get at one v one 
incline and ward both are also older uh footballers they're missing bits in the middle of the park but we know jefferson lerm is a good player as well so I, I i think it'll be a tricky game and i think it sort of should be a tricky game i think the big thing for liverpool though is i think i think he, i think i just think a liverpool goal half kills it uh because i think that they the thing about their fans <laughs> is they're probably up for the idea to get on his back a bit you know, I think they're probably up for the idea of Liverpool are coming, we can sort of half write it off. I think if we can give them nothing to go at, and I think there's been a couple of games where we've gone to Palace in the past and started really, really well under Klopp. And I think if we do the same, I think if we have a really big first 20, make the game look like it's none of their business, get one goal, maybe even get two, then without it having to become like a mad 7-0 thing, I can just see every chance of it sort of turning into what becomes a bit of a, like Crystal Palace, the protagonists in the action affair. And Liverpool are winning the game. And I think that I like those games. I, I thought that happened a little bit on Wednesday night as well. It became a bit of a challenge for Sheffield United, where to get just getting beat 2 0 on the way in which they did was like a bit of a good result. And I quite like them. I like it when that happens. Um similarly going the other way when 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 a ground could be very bad tempered or when when you don't feel like you're going into togetherness, the idea of you know, it's 2-0 to Liverpool early and it's still 2-0 to Liverpool with 10 to go. And it's quite clear there's some dissatisfaction amongst these Crystal Palace supporters. That's, your, you know, and I think that that's one that's on the cards. So I think Wednesday went well for us with, with the on and off stuff. And I think that this could go well for us with the on and off stuff. The big thing is the thing that I think always is away from home. And what was the week weakness last year was just encouragement. There just needs to be no encouragement. Right. So one final question we're going to wrap up. Is are the words Crystal Palace going to be etched into the footnote of Mo Salah's autobiography when it comes out? Yes, <laughs> very, very, very possibly. Um, I didn't, I didn't think he had his best game against Sheffield United. Although I think he was, I think he had an okay sort of team game. He struggled a bit, and I didn't. Uh, in fact, he has one. The, the the keeper makes a brilliant save. I've just remembered the keeper makes a brilliant save. Fodringham. it's a fantastic save. Uh, it was just, really, just such a good save. I, I, I was celebrating, you know. I, I, I was already, you know, already. It was it hit the net as far as I could see, and then the hand appears. So, um, so yeah, uh, I, I think I, I think it's it, it's it's a matter of time. Um, I, I hope so. I hope it doesn't become a little bit of a thing. Um, so uh, it, it it would be it would be nice for him to to get this to get this sort of thing wrapped up because, I mean, every, every uh, he's one of those players that's turned into every single goal he scores is some sort of milestone. So it shouldn't be too big on his mind. Hopefully. Uh, I think I think so. Yes, I also think I think with Mo, when he's flying, I think he's dead seasonal. So he sets up Origi in this fixture, the, the equivalent fixture uh, against Wolves when we win one nil late. It's it's Mo's brilliance. He scores uh, in against Bournemouth um, twenty nineteen in this fixture. Uh, I think he scores against Bournemouth twenty eighteen in this fixture. In fact, I think he gets a hat trick in this. You know, like in this round, this sort of game week, this moment. I think he nails Bournemouth to the wall. Um, in, in a 4-0 after he's he's had a bit of a funny one at Burnley where he doesn't start and he gets a hat-trick and there's, there's something about Salah that I think is just really 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 seasonal Um, so I, I feel as though I'm, I'm, I mean I, I can even go further I suspect Mo Salah won and maybe even Mo Salah gets two uh, um, I, I, I feel as though it's, it's going to be quite uh, there's going to be a lot of Mo Salah on show and he's likely I think this is even more the case if he's up against uh, up against Klein and not up against Mitchell. I, I think Mitchell's a good player. 
There you go. Motorbag on Saturday. Liverpool to be top of the league Saturday afternoon. That'll do for me. Thanks to Neil. Thanks to Adam. We'll be back before the next game. Sports Social Podcast Network.